everyone, and welcome back to The Ride Podcast. This episode is part of a six-part series with Warwick Schiller, where he breaks down training ideas. G'day everyone, I'm Warwick Schiller and welcome back to the Horse and Rider podcast. In this episode of the podcast, I want to talk about relaxation in horses and some common mistakes people make having their horses, uh, help, trying to help their horses relax or trying to help horses, trying to help their horses when they're uptight. And I recently had someone ask me, she says, what do I do with my horse I bring her in the barn and she gets all upset in the barn and I cannot get her to relax in the barn. What do I, what do, I do? And my answer to her was, you know, that when you bring a horse into a, say, in the barn and your horse gets uptight in there, you are expecting them to relax so that the barn is the stressor. The barn is the thing that's bothering them. And you're expecting them to be able to reach a relaxed state while the stressor is still present. And that's, you know, that's high level, that's high level uh, stress resilience. You know, that's, a, it's a, that's high level emotional resilience right there. And so the thing that you have to do before that is get your horse really good at being able to reset their nervous system when there is no stress. And I'll give you probably the best example I can give this is a human example about my wife. So my wife uh, has had panic attacks ever since I've known her. And the, the first one I was aware of, we'd been married mm, a few months, and she waked me up at 2 o'clock in the morning. She said, you got to take me to the hospital. There's something wrong. I'm like, well, what's wrong? She goes, there's just something wrong. I, I need to go to the hospital. And, and if you've ever had a panic attack, you think you're going to die. You're sure you're going to die, and but you can't put your finger on what it is. You know, you might have, you know, you might be thinking you're having a heart attack. And I'd never experienced anything like this, so I, I took her to the hospital and, uh, you know, get to the hospital about three o'clock in the morning. And the emergency room doctor looks her all over, checks her out, checks her heart, checks everything, and he's he looks her in the eye and he says, "There's absolutely nothing wrong with you." And she turns and looks at me and she goes. I'm going to die. And that's what it's like when you're having a panic attack. You cannot tell someone who's having a panic attack, stop having a panic attack. Don't be stupid. But how many people do you see with their horses? Their horses are uh, worried about something. And they're genuinely worried about it. You know, you think about horses are prey animals. And, they're, you know, they're not at the top of the food chain like we are. So they, you know, they're really concerned for their safety all the time. And if your horse is worried about something, he is genuinely worried about it. And telling him to knock it off uh, doesn't really help. You know, if the next time, if you're a, a gentleman listening to this, the next time your wife has a panic attack, tell her to knock it off and see how far it gets you. It won't get you very far. And so what you have to be able to do is teach those horses how to reset their nervous system. And I'll tell you, I'll continue with my wife here. And so she had panic attacks you know, every, I don't know, a couple of months, three, four months, for many, many years. And once a panic attack started, she couldn't get out of it. And it was two hours of, I'm going to die. Until basically all that 
activated energy in her depleted itself and then she was kind of exhausted and that's when the panic attack would go away we basically she used up all her supply of adrenaline and it would uh, it would go away and there was you know she had no way to stop these panic attacks she had no way to prevent them but once they started she definitely had no way to get out of them and another thing about my wife you need to know is she's a bit of a nervous flyer okay so when she's in a plane she's nervous thank goodness though she'd never had a panic attack on a plane because if she had a panic attack on a plane i'm sure that they would have to dig out the straight jacket that they keep hidden under the seat somewhere put a straight jacket on and strap her into a seat because she would be losing her mind because she's she would have been in a stressful situation that she cannot make it go away you can't ask the plane to pull over to the side of the road let me get out and recompose myself for a minute. She stuck with it. And so I was so happy she'd never had a panic attack on a plane. And then at some point in time, she was given some advice by someone. And this person was actually using it for show nerves, for, for um, you know, showering nerves. And what she would, she, she'd go in the showering and this, this lady would, would get really, really nervous going in the showering. And it affected her timing, it affected her horse, it affected everything. And so she, um, what she started doing was, she realized, I can get nervous like I'm showing when I'm not even showing. Like I can do it at home. So what she started to do was she'd sit in at home and she would think about walking into the show pen and she'd start to get a bit nervous. And then she'd start to focus on her breathing, maybe do some like box breathing, you know, in for four, hold for four out for four hold for four and she'd do that until she started to relax again and it really practicing that at home really helped her in the show ring and so she told my wife about this so robin started doing this little bit of an exercise where she would when she's completely relaxed she would sit down so she rule number one have a good starting point have a relaxed starting point so one day when she's relaxed so not at the end of a busy day where she's all you know she's had a hard day at work or whatever but maybe on the weekend or whenever, whenever you relax, sit down and she would close her eyes and she would think about something that made her just a little bit nervous, you know, and she's got this lovely little Yorkie Poo dog who's the light of our lives. His name's Holden, he's a little fluff ball. And she might sit down and think about Holden getting sick or something or other. And then, oh my goodness, she started to get a bit tension about that. And then she'd immediately stop thinking about Holden getting sick. And this is the important part stop thinking about holding getting sick and then she would focus on her breathing and do this box breathing and so she'd breathe in for four out for four oh sorry in for four hold for four out for four hold for four and she'd do that until the worry about holding being sick went away and initially it might take her 10 minutes to go from relaxed and then she could go into a little bit concerned and it would take her 10 minutes to get from a little bit concerned back down to relaxed that the, the coming down was hard and she practiced it a little bit and she didn't practice it a lot but she practiced it a little bit and then we were in uh, Canada at one point in time after that probably six months after that and uh, I I fly so much I just fall asleep before the plane takes off and I wake up when the plane stops and um, we were flying from uh, Calgary to Toronto in Canada and we took off Robin was with me we took off. Anyway, when we landed and I woke up, I looked at Robin and she was a little bit pale looking. And I said, are you okay? And she said, I had a panic attack. 
and right then I, I kind of start looking around the plane like, well, where's the straitjacket and where's the handcuffs? And, you know, th there should be, you know, three or four flight attendants holding you down if you had a panic attack on a plane. And I said, really? Well, what did you do? And she said, well, I didn't actually have a panic attack. I started to have a panic attack. And then I just started into my, I went, oh, I know, I can control this. And so I started in my box breathing. So I breathed in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four. And she said, I got myself out of a panic attack. And if you think about that, that skill she developed at home where there was no Boeing 747. Okay, you don't need a Boeing 747 to solve your panic attack on a plane. You don't need a plane to fix your panic attack on a plane. You don't need to take your horse in the barn and lock them in the barn to get rid of their worry about the barn. It's really about being able to reset the nervous system. So the initial thing when you are starting to work on expanding your horse's comfort zone as far as things is you do it with something you can control. And you do it, and when they get uptight, you take it away and you let them reset themselves. Okay, in Robin's case, she would sit down and she would think about Holden getting sick. And then when she got worried about that, she would take that thought away. She'd replace it with something else. Okay, and wait till she got more relaxed. And so, you know, the thing is, you've got to be able to control the stressor. You've got to be able to control how much stress there is. You cannot, unless, unless you've done your homework with this stuff, you cannot fix you cannot fix it where you can't control the stressor. When Robin was on the plane and she started to have a panic attack, she cannot control the stressor. She cannot make the plane go away. She can't make it pull over to the side of the road and jump out and, and, and reset. And so this is like this lady that asked me about the horse going in the barn. What I wanted to know from her is how good is your horse at resetting his nervous system with things you where you can remove the stressor? How good are they at coming down? It's all about down regulation. And it's the same, you know, people take their horse to a ho their first horse show and their horse is really, really wound up and he just doesn't ever come down all day long. The horse show doesn't go away. When you get to the horse show, your horse has to be really good at being able to reset their nervous system because you can't make the show go away. Does that make sense to you guys? So it's really, really important. You know, the Navy SEALs have a saying that they use about, you know, some of the situations they get into they say you do not rise to the occasion you fall to the level of your preparation and it's this it's this it's the same with horses it's all about relaxation and you know in my um former life where i trained reining horses training reining horses is all about never getting too far away from that relaxation when you start adding speed if they get a bit wound up you got to bring them back down to a walk or a standstill and just let them relax until they Start to breathe out again. I mean, if anybody's listening to this podcast has ever been to a, like a big time reining training facility, you look out there in the arena and half the people in the arena are doing nothing. They're sitting around. You think, what are those guys doing? But there's a, in order for you to be able to take a horse in the arena, in the show ring, walk to the middle really quietly and then crack off four spins left and then stop and stand perfectly still and then crack off four spins to the right and then stop. And stand perfectly still and then run two large fast circles and then brrr, slow down and then run two large fast circles and slow down 
And then when you do your stops, you come around the corner and you go first gear, second gear, third gear, fourth gear, fifth gear, big stop, roll back, first gear. All those things there are instantly being able to let go of concern. That's it. You've got to be able to just let it go right there. And it all comes into the training. You know, uh, all your training with a reining horse, when you're teaching them maneuvers and, and starting to get into those high-stress situations, as soon as they start to get stressed, then you've got to bring them back down and get them to relax again. And you go again, and then you bring them back down. And it's, you know, it's really no different than, say, um, I remember hearing a, a, a podcast about uh, a psychiatrist who was saying he had someone come to see him, and they're scared of elevators. And he would, and he was on the 12th floor or something, and they'd walk the stairs all the way up to his office. And when they told him that they were scared of elevators, he didn't take him out and put him in the elevator and ride up and down the elevator for three hours. He said, do you think we could walk to the door of my office and look out the door down the hallway? And at the very end of the hallway, there's an elevator. Do you think you could just look at it real quick? Yeah, I think I could. So they look at it and then he says, now come back in and sit back down and let them relax. And eventually he got them to where he could have them look out the door at the elevator. Then they could go a couple of feet down the hall towards the elevator, then back in the office, and then a few more feet down, and eventually you could have them walk down, and this is over a number of visits, of course, because this is a huge phobia, um, get further and further down the hall, and then back in the office, and eventually you could get them to go step into the elevator and back out of the elevator, and then go back to the office, and eventually worked on it until eventually the person could um, get in the elevator, and, and the, the, the therapist types call this type of thing titration or successive approximation is another word for it. And that's what you've got to do with your horse. But, you know, I know I have really given you much in the way of concrete training steps, but everybody's got a different way of doing it. But everybody that knows what they're doing with horses does this on some level. But the big concept I want you to get here that you cannot get your horse to relax while the stressor is still there if you haven't taught them how to immediately come back to relax state when you remove the stressor. And so that could be, you know, doing your groundwork or whatever, but you've got to... You've got to get those horses, when they start to get stressed, stop and let them reset themselves before you go again because otherwise there is no way they can ever reset themselves when the stressor is still there and that stressor might be the wind, that stressor might be the atmosphere at a horse show, um, might be being in the barn. But those are not the places you solve the problem. That's what I'm trying to really tell you here. You solve the problem away from there and then use the skills that you've taught them away from there to be able to reset themselves um, in those sorts of situations where the stressor does not go away. So I hope that uh, gives you something to think about with your horse and why you might not be able to get your horse to come back down in certain situations where the stressor doesn't go away is because it's probably because they're not real good at coming back down any other time. So yeah, small small steps will, will uh, create big change in the end. So Thank you guys so much for joining me. We'll catch you uh, next time on the Horse and Rider podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in to this special episode of The Ride. Stay tuned as we release regular episodes of The Ride podcast. If you enjoyed this episode with Warwick, please email us at horseandrider at aimmedia.com to let us know.